Coming up on this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk drops a ton of information about what's included in Tesla's next major software release, plus big news from the energy side of Tesla's business, potentially big news for EV buyers in California, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to episode 209 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for August 4th, 2019. And if you'll uh, permit me a couple of minutes at the beginning of the show, that date, August 4th, is not itself significant, but I was reminded by while putting the show together this week that this is now basically the four-year anniversary of this podcast. Episode one published on August 2nd. 2015, and I really wanted to take a sincere moment to thank all of you out there for listening to this, whether this is your first episode, or uh, I know a lot of you, this is, I guess, probably your, what, 10th, starting with 200, or plenty of you, maybe your 200-something episode, and it's, it's not hyperbole at all to say that I could never have imagined the things that have happened to me because of this podcast. It's just wild. The ride of this thing ha- has been tremendous. Uh, it's it's just been such a fun thing to do. You know, I, I've told the story before, but, you know, I started this podcast because I was just bit by the Tesla bug, and I just couldn't, I was thinking about it constantly, and you know, at that point, chasing the the dream, the Model Three was uh, just a, a twinkle in in Elon and Franz's eye at that stage. But uh, you know, it, I just kept hoping and planning and thought, well, okay, you know what? I do podcasts for my day job, video game podcasts, and I've been doing that for a long time, and I really enjoy doing it. Why don't I just start a Tesla podcast? And you know, started putting it out there, and and little by little, in in a completely organic manner, it just. People found it, and I'm so grateful for that, and it's just been awesome. And and also, kind of piggybacking on that, I just passed the one-year mark, the one-year anniversary of taking delivery of my Model 3, so my uh, one-year car-aversary, <laughs> if you will, delivery day was July 29th of last year, and it's incredible to me, not only has the car lived up to to years, literal years of hype and anticipation in my mind. It is not easy, at least in my experience, my personal experience, it's not easy for anything that you're that excited for, for that long of a time to actually live up to that to what you had built it up to in your head. But my Model 3 has been all of that. And I mean, it's just, I still, I love taking it out every single day. Uh, I'm, I'm a, just past, uh, I actually had checked on the anniversary. I was at 12,500 miles and I got some Instagram replies from some of you saying, Hey, kind of catch up rookie. You're, you know, these, some of the, some of you guys out there are, are 30,000 miles in your first year. And, and I tip my hat more power to you. I'm, I'm very lucky that I have a short commute and I've done two road trips so far, but yeah, there's plenty of driving left to be done. 
Uh, I'm very curious how long my uh, my 20-inch summer tires are going to last, treadwear-wise. Treadwear-wise. There we go. Third time's the charm on that one. They seem to be doing okay at 12.5, so we'll see about that. But um, Although I guess two of them have been replaced from all the nails. If, if you're new to the podcast... I I have I have hit I've encountered meaning taken <laughs> un, unwillingly uh, at least four nails and it now they were all in like the first six seven months that I had the car it was crazy it's just a run of uh, very bad tire road hazard luck but but yeah when I look back on my Model Three a year ago to now it's stunning how much better it is. So it's actually, it's better cosmetically, and that's all thanks, well, mostly thanks to Immaculate Reflections. And I, I don't say that to give them a plug, uh, but to, to say that Jeff did an amazing job with my car. I mean, I did the paint correction, I did the paint protection film, and then the ceramic coating, and the car looks incredible. I mean, when I wash it, it still looks Better, I mean, as good as new, if not better than new. It looks fantastic inside and out. And it also looks better than on delivery day because it took a number of months, <laughs> but I finally got my my dual motor badge on the back and my carbon fiber spoiler, which I love. And so the car <laughs> looks, absolutely looks, like objectively looks better than it did the day I took delivery. And then functionally, it's also objectively better. You know, you've got all the... It's got, what, six, seven video games on it now with plenty more on the way. Didn't have any of those a year ago. It's got sentry mode, you know, this, this security system. It's got, um, you know, all just all kinds of, of features that have been added to the car. The, you know, GPS folding mirrors, that which I use every day, coming in and out of my very narrow garage door opening. Just a ton of features. The dog mode, all this stuff. It's, it just wasn't there a year ago. Navigate on autopilot. Go, you know, that, that actually debuted in the year since I took delivery. The, you know, lane change confirmation going, uh, being optional. That's, that's new. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. And just autopilot in general getting better and better over the course of the past year. It's amazing how much, how this car has, has done for me in the past year. It's gotten better in just about every conceivable fashion. I, I love it. It's just been a blast. And if you're a new Tesla owner, you're probably finding this out already. And, and you're, you know, you're going to be hopefully feeling the same way I do after your first year. And for those of you who've, uh, Earned, uh, owned your Teslas longer than I have, you're probably nodding along going, yep, <laughs> I was the same way after uh, after my first year. So great stuff there. And then one other, uh, just a quick housekeeping note before I get started with the news, because I realize I am talking too long here, but uh, I am on vacation next week. It's a pre-planned family vacation, uh, once again with my in-laws. Very much looking forward to that. However, just as with the last time uh, I took some family time, I've got a show for you that will air at the regular time next week. It's done. Uh, so if actually if you're if you're with me on Patreon at the early access tier or higher, you'll actually have access to that basically by the time you hear this. I'll be uploading it over the weekend before I leave. 
Uh, so it's it obviously it won't be covering any Tesla news that happens next week, but uh, I've I've got what I hope is an enjoyable, useful show for you. It's two parts. It's all of the extra pro tips. You know, if you stay tuned to the whole show, you know you get a pro tip that's that people call in with, and that airs at the end of every episode. Well, I've amassed a war chest of them basically because of all of you awesome folks have been calling in with them, and they've been built. This the stash has been building up. So I thought this vacation was a good opportunity to just just air all of them. So and in total, it was seventeen of them. So seventeen pro tips on next week's show, as well as an interview with a gentleman by the name of Mike Falcone, who was an early Tesla employee. He worked in the Menlo Park showroom, the original showroom, selling roadsters, the original roadsters. So um, he and he he and I, like when I first fell in love with Tesla, he was the one that took me out on my test drive in the original Roadster after the DeLorean event that we did there. If you haven't heard that story, it's on episode uh, one. But anyway, so I I kind of had this connection to Mike, and I, uh, at a listener suggestion, actually, I reached out to Mike and said, hey, would you mind, uh, can I I interview you for the podcast? And he kindly agreed, and it's just a, I think, hopefully you agree, it's an interesting conversation about, you know, his, his experience with Tesla back then, and he's, you know, he hasn't been with the company for a while and just where, you know, where he sees them now versus, versus where they were back then. So I hope you enjoy that for next week. And then uh, the week after I'll be back, quote unquote, live, you know, regular schedule. So again, thanks in advance for permitting me some time away uh, with my family. But hopefully, you know, I do have a show for you. Nothing will, nothing will change uh, in that regard. And hopefully you enjoy that. Uh, all right, let's get started. First up this week is the big story. It's sort of one big evolving story over the course of the week. Elon Musk giving a ton of updates on things over Twitter this week. It was a it was a good old fashioned tweet storm like we used to get from Elon uh, much more regularly in the pre SEC <laughs> involvement days. So uh, let's just get right to it. He tweeted about a ton of stuff on the video game front. He noted that Cuphead, which of course he was revealed in my interview with him, uh, surprising me very as much as anybody else in the moment. Cuphead is due out for your Tesla this month, in the month of August. Uh, I will be checking in with my friends at the development studio that created that game. Their uh, studio MDHR is their name, so I'll, I'll be checking in with them after I get back from my vacation. And we'll see, uh, kind of try and get a little bit more information on on uh, when we can, when exactly we can expect it. And just do remember, it's the first um, island, basically. It's sort of the first act of the game. Uh, it's not the entire thing due to storage limitations, as Elon had said in his interview with me. But yes, Cuphead on the way to your Tesla this month. And furthermore, it seems even more games are on the way on top of that. Elon uh, replying to a suggestion slash question on Twitter saying, quote, we're working on Minecraft. I agree, Minecraft is a high priority. Roblox too. Minecraft you've probably heard of. It is a you know near ubiquitous, uh, universally known 
virtual building game, virtual crafting construction game, kind of like virtual, you know, video game Legos in a sense would be the the most basic way to put it. I don't mean to undersell Minecraft at all, but or sell it short. And then Roblox, if you're not familiar, is a suite. It's basically a portal. It's a front end that houses and it's a set of tools where people can make their own user-generated content. So basically, people make their own actual little games using the Roblox tools, and then can uh, you can put them up in Roblox. So that apparently is going to be coming to Teslas as well. Now, with Minecraft, some of you may know that I work for a video game media website by day, IGN.com. So video games are my business, my actual (laughs) day-to-day business. So I reached out to Microsoft because I know the Minecraft PR people and asked them about Elon's tweet. Said, hey, Elon said this, you know, what's going on with it? Is it, are you guys talking right now? Is there a deal in place? And the, and the development is of the port is, is happening. What's going on? I did get a reply. Unfortunately, that reply was kind of a non-answer. They told me, quote, we're work, uh, or sorry, what did they tell me? Just that there's no, no update at this time was the, the paraphrasing way to say it. Uh, so I will, I will stay on that and see what I can learn. And then remember too, this wasn't a tweet from Elon this week, but just in addition to Cuphead, apparently Minecraft, Roblox, uh, remember too, Fallout Shelter is in the works from Bethesda and Todd Howard and his team as well. So lots more video games on the way for your Tesla following the release of Chess last week. I actually, I haven't received that update, the, the update with Chess in it yet, which evidently is 28.1. By the time uh, this episode airs on Sunday, there's a good chance a number of you will have, hopefully it'll have rolled out to the bulk of the fleet, but lots of video games, good stuff. Next up, Netflix and YouTube apps uh, may be coming in the next month or so, and they're apparently part of version 10 of Tesla's car software. And we learned that. So Elon said, quote, ability to stream YouTube and Netflix when the car is stopped is coming to your Tesla soon. It has an amazingly immersive cinematic feel due to the comfy seats and surround sound audio. And, and then a follow-up, he said, when full self-driving is approved by regulators, we will enable video while moving. So that's interesting. Now, because I happen to remember when Elon had originally mentioned YouTube and Netflix in the car, that was last year that he had, he had initially mentioned that, uh, he had mentioned it as being a part of V10. He said, oh, that'll be, you know, V10 will we'll have uh, Netflix and YouTube. So... I took to Twitter to ask him, and I said, you'd originally said this was part of software V10, so is V10 coming soon, or did these apps get moved up the priority queue? Either way, this is very cool news. And Elon kindly responded to me, and he said, quote, yes, V10 will include several games and infotainment features, improved highway autopilot, better traffic light and stop sign recognition, and smart summon end quote. Now there's a lot to pick apart there. So let's start with YouTube and Netflix. I wonder if those are going to be apps or if they're going to be browser-based connections. Now, 
The browsers, the browser in, in all Teslas now is Chromium. So I don't know if, you know, there's that seemingly that's a, you know, it's sort of just a general Google standard there. I don't know if, if Tesla will decide to go that route. It, I would think my hunch is that they're going to be apps that will live in the app tray that rolled out uh, just a couple of versions ago in software. Because, you know, the, just the fact that Netflix and YouTube seem to be getting special attention, as, you know, Elon's mentioned them a couple of times here over the last year or so, I, it, it seems to me that they're probably going to be their own dedicated apps in the app tray. You know, not unlike how your smart TV has a YouTube and Netflix app, your game console has a YouTube and Netflix app. So uh, now the other part of that, kind of maybe lost in all of that when you when you hear him hear the quote there, he says improved highway autopilot. I'm going to guess that he means an improvement to the no confirmation lane changes for navigate on autopilot because that is the obvious area that needs the most improvement in my opinion. Though, you know, again, to be fair, that's also the newest major autopilot feature and and it's still at version 1. You know, it's always going to have just got, you know, it's it's got nowhere to go but to to get better. And I th- I told you guys, I turned mine, well, t- I turned my confirmations back on after initially trying it at the the initial release of of that because it just it just took too long really was is the bottom line from the whole process of allowing the car to make a lane change on its own just in my opinion takes way too long for practical driving purposes so um, yeah I'll be when when v10 rolls out I'm definitely going to give it another try and see if it feels tangibly different now back to version 10 of the software overall here. Remember, we're expecting Smart Summon around August 16th per a specific Elon uh, mention recently. So it sounds like version 10 is going to follow shortly thereafter. Someone had asked specifically when that might be, when is version 10 coming? And Elon said, quote, depends on how the release to owners with early access goes, but hopefully wide release by the end of August. And my friend John from the Silicon Valley Tesla Owners Club playfully sort of uh, called called out Elon on, on Elon time on that by saying in reply, September then, and Elon wrote back, haha, probably true, parentheses, sigh. So, you know, <laughs> all in good fun. But yes, probably September would be the safe bet for version 10 to roll out. Now, that's not all that's happening with V10. It's also going to have a text message reading feature as well, where the car will read your text to you and allow you to verbally respond. Emoji support will probably be coming a bit later as part of that. Elon saying to that in response to someone, quote, it's not currently in V10, but we'll try. Now, I know that this feature, voice text message uh, functionality, I know this is a big one to a lot of people. Uh, my, my own brother-in-law, who I'm going uh, on, on this trip with, specifically cited this as a conversation stopper 
when he was considering moving from his plug-in, uh, he has a plug-in hybrid BMW X5 SUV and was considering a Model X. He asked me about that. That was a, a big deal for him and his line of work and, and his, you know, the way he wants to use his car. So uh, this will be a, a really welcome feature to see. Now, he also mentioned, Elon did, some of the infotainment features, which I am presuming are uh, is referring to Netflix and YouTube, will require premium connectivity. So hopefully that means that standard range plus owners are going to soon be given the option to upgrade to premium connectivity if they so choose, because I'll tell you, a number of people have written into me about this. So I went ahead and emailed Tesla about it uh, about a week ago, actually. And unfortunately, I have not gotten a reply. Sometimes Tesla replies, sometimes they don't. And I'm not sure necessarily their rhyme or reason for doing so. It could be, you know, as innocent as just they get a million emails a day and my email doesn't always <laughs> doesn't always make it to the top of the, the inbox. Or it could simply be, you know, they don't have an update and so they just figure no response is better than than a comment of no comment but anyway yeah hopefully standard range plus folks will be given the option to subscribe to premium connectivity so that they can get these features and more uh in the in the not too distant future and by the way remember how elon talked about smart summon being able to use the wheel inertia data in order to retrace its steps to come find you in a parking garage that doesn't have a GPS signal in there for the car to use? Well, that is either in V10 or it's coming soon after. As Elon said, quote, if not immediately included in V10, it will be followed shortly in a point release, meaning 10.1, 10.2, etc., etc. Still not done with V10. Elon was asked, Elon, can we get the auto lane change correction feature without sound? Young kids in the car want to keep the feature on but not wake them up. And Elon replied, quote, hoping to get Joe mode, in quotes, into V10. The default is, of course, normal volume, but selecting Joe mode would lower the volume of strident beeps and chimes by half. Now, nobody on Twitter myself very much included in that group, seemed to get the Joe reference he was making. Not quite sure what he means by what Joe mode is a reference to, but fortunately, whatever it is, we can at least derive what he's talking about there. In fact, uh, I think there was a caller recently to my podcast here who had mentioned that he gets a whole ton of beeps in his garage and was looking to get rid of them. So, this won't get rid of them, but it will lower the volume on them by half. So hopefully when that rolls out, that should make him and some other folks who may encounter that uh, fairly happy. I, I actually am subjected to those same torturous beeps every single time I go in and out of the garage because, as I said, my, my garage door opening is so narrow that I have to fold my rear view, my side view mirrors in in order for the car to clear the, the garage uh, threshold there on, on its way in or out. So yeah, my car beeps at me all the time. I've kind of just become numb to it, honestly. But yeah, I, I would hap happily uh, take a, a half volume version of that for that specific use case for me. 
Now, as to what urban full self-driving features are going to look like when they first roll out, Elon said this in reply to a question on that topic, quote, will recognize and read all signs for full self-driving. Focus, we're focused on traffic lights and stop signs right now. Most are very easy. The difficulty is the millions of corner cases, end quote. Well, I would think that maybe speed limits might be the next obvious step. That's sort of the first thing that comes to mind. But then I remember to myself that, well, the, the car, the GPS data stores most area speed limits pretty accurately, at least in my experience here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Still, though, I, I mean, I would expect things like school zone speed limits to be very high on that list because you don't want your autopiloting Tesla to blow through a school zone during school hours at the non-school zone uh, time speeds. That's a, that's a highly undesirable scenario. So hopefully that is one that, that might be relatively high on, on the autopilot team's priority list after that initial rollout. Finally, Elon's last notable tweet of the week, the end of the tweet storm, was with regard to the pickup truck unveiling, a continued hot topic in the Tesla community. Elon was asked about it again, and Elon's saying, quote, We're close, but the magic is in the final details, maybe two to three months. Now, he typed that on July 27th. So two to three months, probably safe to say October. Sometime in October feels like the general pro high probability window for this event right now. I will absolutely do my best to get an invitation to that and hopefully attend it in person because I want to see that thing. I have no intention to buy it, but I want to see it if it's that insane and it's that, you know, different than anything else on the road. And I also want to get a test ride in it. And I want to be able to tell you, all of you out there, about this thing firsthand. I want to tell you about, because as you all well know from, particularly if you're a Model 3 owner in any region, in any, anywhere in the world, seeing the Model 3 in person is a very different experience than seeing it on your computer or phone screen, either in a video or in pictures. It's it's a, you know, you really have to experience it firsthand in, in meat space, in, in the flesh, in order to really uh, gauge what you really think about it. So I will do my best once the time rolls around to uh, to get down there and be able to firsthand report on the Tesla pickup. So that was, uh, that was Elon on Twitter this week, but plenty more Tesla news to go. First up, I know I have a lot of California listeners, so this story is for all of you. California might triple the state's electric vehicle cash rebate from the $2,500 that it's at now. Assemblyman Phil Ting's bill, AB1046, would let state regulators increase a typical consumer's rebate for an electric car up to $7,500 and provide a stable pot of funding for the payments. This comes via the San Francisco Chronicle. Hat tip to them. Ting said his bill would promptly boost rebates and reduce them over time as electric vehicles such as Tesla's and Chevrolet Bolt's presumably grow in popularity. 
California's existing rebate program gives buyers a flat $2,500 for full battery electric vehicles. Ting said that gives buyers no incentive to go electric now versus years down the road. And as the Chronicle continues, the state needs to do something to boost sales because it's not on track to hit its goals for reducing greenhouse gas emissions, according to Ting. A report last year by the State Air Resources Board identified rising passenger vehicle emissions as the main reason for the state's problem. Quote, if we don't individually move into clean cars, there's no way we're going to get there, Ting said. Continuing, quote, even if we did great on everything else but clean cars, we're just not going to do it, end quote. The revamp bill, which Ting introduced late last month, uh, meaning June in this case, faces a hearing uh, in, uh, coming up in the Senate Transportation Community, uh, pardon me, committee. It still must pass the full Assembly and Senate. And the Chronicle, uh, just a, I'm taking kind of excerpts from it here. Uh, finally, even though electric vehicle sales have surged in the Bay Area, Ting said, the state needs to ramp up incentives if it's serious about fighting climate change. California's goal is to have 5 million zero-emission vehicles on the road by 2030. There are now an estimated 550,000 such cars in the state, including electric and hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. Well, this bill, as you uh, probably gathered there, has a long way to go before becoming law, but the San Francisco Chronicle notes that, you know, they just had a hearing this week, still got to pass the full state assembly, full Senate. Just to optimistically think about this, if it passes, and let's just, let's go ahead and call the federal tax credit gone, because it will be on July, uh, pardon me, January 1st, that means... The In California, a Model 3 Standard Range Plus buyer could get their car for basically $32,500 aside from the taxes, license, and registration fees that, that no one escapes in any state, <laughs> and no matter what the, the, you know, the, the situation. That, I'll tell you, $32,500, that probably brings the Model 3 especially when you factor in its lower cost of ownership compared to a gas car, that's got to bring it down into a lot more families' price ranges. I mean, that's nothing but good news. And to me, this could have a potentially huge effect in California. And yes, while it's true that up through last year, Californians could get a total of $10,000 back between the $7,500 federal tax credit and the $2,500 California cash rebate that's still going. The cheapest Tesla during that time, up through the end of last year, was the $50,000 long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3. So with those, in, with those incentives, you could say, okay, let's call it 40. And as I said uh, recently, I think I've said this a couple times, so pardon me if I'm saying it a third time, but there is, in my opinion, a, just a big difference to, to many people between a $50,000 Model 3 and a $40,000 one, so too it would be true then to say that there's a big difference between a $40,000 Model 3 and a $32,500 one. Again, I know I've got a lot of California listeners out there, so I will let you all know if this progresses. And, and if it does, hopefully other states will follow suit in some similar capacity. Speaking of capacity, Tesla's new project, 
on the energy side of the business is the Mega Pack. This, uh, some excerpts here from Tesla's blog on the Mega Pack. To match global demand for massive battery storage projects like Hornsdale, which is the one in, in uh, Australia, Tesla designed and engineered a new battery product specifically for utility scale projects, Mega Pack. Mega Pack significantly reduces the complexity of large scale battery storage and provides an easy installation and connection process. Each mega pack comes from the factory fully assembled with up to 3 megawatt hours of storage and 1.5 megawatts of inverter capacity, building on power packs engineering with an AC interface and 60% increase in energy density to achieve significant cost and time savings compared to other battery systems and traditional fossil fuel power plants. Using mega pack, Tesla can deploy an emissions-free 250 megawatt, one gigawatt power plant in less than three months on a three acre footprint, four times faster than a traditional fossil fuel power plant of that size. Megapack can also be DC connected directly to solar, creating seamless renewable energy plants. For utility size installations like the upcoming Moss Landing project in California with PG&E, that's our utility provider here, Megapack will act as a sustainable alternative to natural gas peaker power plants. Peaker power plants fire up whenever the local utility grid can't provide enough power to meet peak demand. They cost millions of dollars per day to operate and are some of the least efficient and dirtiest plants on the grid. Instead, a Megapack installation can use stored excess solar or wind energy to support the grid's peak loads. There's more on Tesla's blog if you'd care to read it, but uh, with this, I, I really just want to say, I know I primarily cover Tesla vehicles here because that's my, my passion and certainly more my expertise, but I did want to mention this because it is a potentially significant development for the company in the revenue department, not to mention the fact that if it can help eliminate some of these quote-unquote peaker power plants, which, again, citing a, a lack of expertise, I confess, I had never heard, I knew nothing about peaker power plants prior, prior to reading this Tesla blog, then, you know, this this project, the Megapack, seems like a good thing for everyone. You know, if, if the the environment can win and the, the energy, uh, the utility companies can win, that's great. And, and that California installation, by the way, I looked it up, and it's not too far away from here. It is in Northern California. It's in Monterey, which is about 90 minutes or so south of San Francisco. By the way, if you're ever in the Bay Area, it, it, it is a stunning drive. It is such a beautiful drive to drive down to Monterey from San Francisco. If you take the Pacific Coast Highway, which is Highway 1, all the way down, it's yes, it takes longer than taking the major freeways, but my goodness, it is so scenic. It's so beautiful. I did it last summer on a weekend, and I'll tell you, even even talking about it right now makes me want to go do it again. Highly, it's highly recommended if you're ever in or traveling through the Bay Area. And on a related topic, while we're talking about Tesla energy before we get back to car stuff. A solar roof update from Elon after uh, I asked him about something. I was lucky. I got, I got two replies from Elon this week, which felt good. It, it just worked out. I happened to be right on Twitter 
just as Elon uh, posted his tweet about the Mega Pack. So I decided, okay, well, I've got a great chance to maybe catch him here while he's still looking at Twitter. What should I ask him? Well, I should probably ask him something related to what he's tweeting about. So, all right, solar roof tiles. I remembered that Elon had said that they'd been working on a version three of the solar roof tile and working on, of course, scaling up production. So I asked Elon this. I said, how's solar roof tile progress going? You were working on a new version V3 of that, right? And Elon kindly replied a little later saying, quote, spooling up production line rapidly, hoping to manufacture about a thousand solar roofs per week by the end of this year. Now, even though I am not in the market for a roof on my home right now, the solar roof is, I have to say, it is the non-vehicle Tesla product that I'm personally most fascinated by. To be able to use one's own home roof tiles as solar panels, to me, is such a genius idea. And the fact that those tiles would actually be more durable than standard roof tiles as a result is just, it's so appealing. It just makes, to me, so much sense. And it, it, almost, it almost makes me wish I did need a new roof now, but I know that's, that's uh, <laughs> not, not good to tempt fate on that. I'm lucky we're, we're in good shape in, the, shape in the roof department. So when the time comes, I will definitely be strongly considering the Tesla solar roof. All right, let's talk a little more car stuff before we move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Down in Australia, the Model 3 gets a five-star crash rating there from uh, ANCAP, the, Aus- the Australasian New Car Assessment Program. Of course, this follows on the back of Model 3's five-star crash test ratings in both the United States and Europe. So Australia... Welcome to the five-star Tesla Model 3 crash rating, crash safety rating club. Uh, the ANCAP, by the way, if you're curious, is it's pretty probably pretty obvious contextually, but in their own words, it is Austra- Australasia's Independent Vehicle Safety Authority. And yes, the five stars, as you again probably guessed, it is their highest rating, and here's how it breaks down. The Model 3 scoring a 96% in the category of adult occupant protection, an 87% in child occupant protection, a 74% in vulnerable road user, think pedestrians, and a 94% on safety assist, meaning all of the various uh, sort of autonomous safety features like, maybe autonomous isn't the right word, but automatic, safe, like a uh, automatic emergency braking, the you know the fact that the car will kind of shunt left or right if it detects that another car is is coming too close to hit it, et cetera, et cetera, that stuff. So if you'd like to go watch the crash test videos, I was going to play the audio from one because I like to do that whenever these crash test ratings come through because it's, it's kind of fun to hear a Model 3 or a Tesla get smashed in a when when there's nobody's car and no nobody's life at stake like it's just it's I think it's kind of interesting to hear what that sounds like but the uh the unfortunately the ANCAP videos have no sound but if you do want to go see a, a Model 3 get crunched up from various angles and go through all the other tests uh, as well you can go onto the ANCAP site just 
Uh, click on the images and videos button on the bottom of the Model 3 page there. And by the way, you know, I, since I'm about to end this segment and move on to the, the your phone calls and the Ride the Lightning hotline, it's it's important to take a moment here rather than just say, hey, five-star crash rating, uh, again, awesome job, uh, great to see that. I think it's important to just take a moment and congratulate again the Model 3 team at Tesla because those those folks designed an absolute home run of a car in pretty well every single category from safety to performance to manufacturability uh, and beyond that. I mean, it's just astounding how good the Model 3 has turned out in every, by any metric. It's just so great to see. It's a tremendous achievement by the Tesla team, by the Model 3 team. And, you know, the, that whole team deserves a lot more praise than they probably get from the, the greater world and on a, on a day-to-day basis. So I just wanted to take a moment to recognize the Model 3 team. Just, just congratulations and just what a tremendous, awesome job that all of you did in, in designing and building and selling and improving and updating this car. It's just awesome. All right, and with that, that brings me to the end of the news. I have been talking for a very, very long time. So now let's hear from you guys, your phone calls, your questions, your comments, your discussion topics coming up in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. As promised, it is your turn. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic in the world of Tesla, please call in and participate. I invite you. I welcome you. You can do so in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software to record a 90-second or less, if you can, uh, question and send that to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message anytime you want on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number for that is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you'd like to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Thanks to them for providing the Ride the Lightning hotline. Uh, quickly as well, the August Patreon exclusive show is up. If you're with me at the bonus show tier or higher on Patreon, you can go get that. The topics covered there this month include calls from you guys about maximizing highway efficiency, uh, re- remote-controlled Teslas, yes, the real cars, not little-scale models, a paired supercharger reminder, the Tesla network is discussed, potential Tesla minivan, Tesla's production maturity, a full self-driving uh, payment idea, the possible Disney sponsorship that we've been talking about, autopilot and sign reading, electric vehicle auto loans, automatic car wash tips, buying used Model 3s, etc., And by the way, the callers, if you hear your name, I am happy to provide you a token for a free access to that show, because if you did call in and I used your call, 
I want you to be able to hear it. And those callers are Rich in Seattle, John from California, Kenny from Newport News, Joe from England, Sophian. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced that. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't have the pronunciation key in front of me anymore. Uh, Brad from Minnesota, Daniel from Seattle, Tom from Chicago, Lawton from Chicago, Daniel from Fort Lauderdale, Joe from New York, Ben from Indianapolis, Jeannie from Houston, Brad, and then Mike from Richmond. So with that, let's get started with this week's Ride the Lightning Hotline. Brian from Pennsylvania commenting on Model 3 leasing. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Ryan, Brian from Wallopin, Pennsylvania. Uh, continue to keep up the good work. We appreciate the show. My comment today is regarding Model 3 leasing and Elon saying in three years that you will not have the option to buy the car, but the car must be returned back to Tesla. Uh, I'm making a statement that I think that in three years' time that we're going to see Tesla backpedal on this and people will be able to buy their cars because EMT, Elon Musk's time, he never has things, or I shouldn't say never, but most of the time never is accurate with his timelines. And I'm guessing in three years from now, the robo-taxi will still not be ready. So thus, people will be able to buy their cars because Tesla will not be ready to have all those cars for a robo-taxi network. Wondering what your thoughts are? Thanks again. Brian, first of all, I love EMT, Elon Musk time. I guess it probably should be its own time zone. And I'm guessing that that time zone doesn't observe daylight saving time, does it? (laughs) Anyway, uh, there is a very good chance that you'll end up correct, but I guess I would look at it this way. It's much easier for Tesla to say that you won't be able to buy the car at the end of the lease, as they're doing, and then maybe backpedal on it, than it is for them to say that you will be able to buy the car at the end of the lease and then have the Tesla network up and running, and it turns out they want all the cars and want to backpedal on that, but can't. So this way, I suppose, leaves them an out is kind of how I'd look at it. Thank you for your call, Brian. Let's go now to Rob in Toronto with a question about free unlimited supercharging on used vehicles. Go ahead, Rob. Hi, Ryan. It's Rob calling again from Toronto. Uh, Ryan, I've been watching the Tesla used inventory on their website. And uh, yesterday, Sunday, the 21st of July, the cars they were selling had free unlimited supercharging, as I would have expected for 2015 and 2016 models that originally were sold that way. But suddenly today, when I checked the website, uh, the free supercharging lifetime seems to have completely disappeared, even for those models. So I'm trying to find out uh, whether that's an official change and whether Tesla's commented on it. Hopefully they will reverse that uh, that change, and I hope they won't attempt to apply it to any private resales or resales from uh, dealers who have already bought these cars with free, free lifetime supercharging on them. Be interested to know if you have any uh, information on this. Thanks, Ryan. Rob, you are correct, I'm afraid. This change seems to have happened super recently. Someone on Reddit said that a Tesla product specialist confirmed it to them via a memo that came down. So that is secondhand. Don't want to necessarily say that with 100% certainty, but you know, I, I am inclined to believe it based on everything else that I've heard and read. 
I mean, it's unfortunate because now if you're looking to buy used, you effectively have to choose between a warranty that Tesla gives you on a certified pre-owned S or X and, or I should say, or you're choosing between that or the free lifetime supercharging that would transfer to you in a private sale. Personally, personally, just my opinion, I think I would take the warranty uh, from Tesla as I feel that's potentially worth uh, more money. That could save you a lot more money, I think, than than free supercharging would, but certainly to each their own. And it's it's unfortunate that that's a decision that that used SNX buyers uh, seem to now have to make. Thanks for calling in, Rob. Let's go to Marshall in Atlanta uh, and had a comment on Model 3 full self-driving. Go ahead, Marshall. Hey, Ryan. This is Marshall from Atlanta. Love the podcast and have been listening for the last couple months and been catching back up on the older episodes as well, and they've all been great. Uh, I did have a question on the Model 3 on the full self-driving. I have two questions. One, if you don't get full self-driving and currently it's at $6,000 during or after delivery, does that stay consistent if you wait whatever one to two years to enable full self-driving or does it go up as the price goes up if you purchase new? Uh, My second question is, currently on the full self-driving capabilities, it lists summon your car, your parked car will come find you anywhere in a parking lot, really, but that isn't a function that's currently available, so I wasn't sure why Tesla is advertising that as something that's available when currently it's not available. Hopefully it will be soon, but currently isn't. I don't know if that's misleading to people that may be thinking if they get the full self-driving that they're going to get that when they get their car when that may not be the case. Uh, Thanks so much and appreciate it and have a great day. Thanks for your call, Marshall. To your second question, I agree. They should note in the design studio that Enhanced Summon isn't available yet, just like they note that those urban full self-driving features are expected by the end of the year. I'm in total agreement with you. As for the post-delivery price of full self-driving, it seems like at this point, for new purchases made under the current price and package structure, you're going to pay whatever the, the going rate is. Um, so when it goes up to $7,000 on August 16th, it's probably going to go up for you as well. Now, the good news is that for those of you who have enhanced autopilot, who bought your cars and bought the enhanced autopilot package, when that package was available, the upgrade price in your Tesla account is now showing $3,000 as Elon had promised recently, which makes that an an even deal rather than, you know, putting you at the <laughs> at the short end of the stick there. So, if you're interested in upgrading uh, as an enhanced autopilot owner, the proper price is now there for you. And by the way, a uh, quick shout out to Steven Cincinnati, Mike from Boston, and Daniel from Vancouver as they all also called in wondering about this. So, Thanks to Marshall and everybody there on that topic. Brian from New Jersey is up next calling in with a battery question. Go ahead, Brian. 
Hi, Ryan. Brian from New Jersey here. Love the show and keep up the great work. I had a question that stems from a recent service center visit that I had. I'm the owner of a new Model S standard range, the Raven model, and I noticed that at 100% charge, my range indicator was only showing about 275 miles as opposed to the advertised 285 mile range, so I scheduled a service center visit. My question comes from a comment made by the technician I spoke with during my appointment. What he told me is that new batteries have a breaking in period before they perform optimally. This was essentially confirmed by a Tesla customer service representative who I double-checked with following the visit. Quoting now from the response they gave me, quote, the cells used in Tesla HV battery packs naturally experience a slight capacity reduction during the first months of use. This can result in a re- uh, reduction in range displayed at a given SOC during the first months of use of the vehicle. Following this initial decline during the, months, uh, during the first months of usage, the rate of capacity reduction levels off for years and miles, uh, end quote. Have you ever heard about this breaking in uh, period for batteries before? Uh, thanks again for putting together the awesome podcast, and I'm looking forward to any uh, insight you can provide with this question. Well, I'll tell you, Brian, I've never heard of a break-in period for a battery. I am familiar with the idea, and this is basically proven, I think, that the bulk of your battery degradation does happen fairly quickly, like in the first year or so, and then it really levels off. So you didn't say if they did anything to your car at the service center, so I'm presuming the health of your battery did check out okay. You should have gotten 280 miles on a full charge on a brand new Model S right out of the factory. Hopefully all is well with your car, but yeah, the degradation will happen, uh, again, relatively quickly, but then basically stop. So I hope that helps. Scott in Boynton Beach, Florida has a uh, question about his standard range plus Model 3. Scott, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Scott from Boynton Beach, Florida. First off, I'm a huge fan of the show. I listen every single week, and I can't thank you enough for the work that you put in to bring it to us uh, so frequently. So thank you for that. I have a question about Homelink, and in particular for my standard range plus that I purchased in May. I feel like I read an article sometime in late May, early June, that said that the hardware for Homelink was no longer going to come pre-installed in Model 3s. Well, I've had my car since early May, as I said, which would mean that my car has the hardware built in, presumably, but I'm not so sure. And I haven't been able to find anything online either that says one way or the other. So I'm wondering, first, does my car come with the hardware pre-installed? And if the answer is yes, how do I get the software enabled? Do I have to pay the $300 upgrade that I saw on Tesla.com? Or is there something that I am capable of getting enabled without paying for that upgrade? The second part of my question has to do with the $100 a year subscription service that is referenced right on Tesla's website. They talk about how uh, Standard Range Plus, or particularly those with non-premium, interior will be able to pay $100 a year to get an upgrade to the premium. And I'm wondering if you think that if I do have to pay for the software for Homelink, if that will be included in the $100 a year and when that $100 a year subscription will debut. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call, Scott. We'll go second question first, and that is no. Homelink is separate from the premium connectivity. That will get you live traffic maps and slacker streaming music, and then, as you heard earlier in the show, probably is where uh, YouTube and Netflix are going to be are going to fall into as well. Homelink, which as a standard range plus car from May, you probably don't have, would be three hundred dollars, 
and then it's a piece of hardware that you'd have installed and then have forever. To check and see if you have it, look for the home link icon. It looks like a little house along the top row of your touch screen on the right-hand side. I hope that helps you, Scott. Let's go back to New Jersey. Just as I was in New Jersey last week, Shelly from New Jersey uh, is the proud owner of a new Raven Model S. Go ahead, Shelly. Yeah. Hi, Ryan. This is Shelly from New Jersey. First-time caller, but listening for a while. Um, I have several comments. One is I just got a um, new Model S dual motor uh, that replaced the 2014 rear-wheel drive Model S85, and there's a big difference in the cars. The energy efficiency is amazing. It charges to 363, and I would say if I were driving around the speed limit on fairly flat flat ground, you might do 400 miles. Uh, Really like the car, and I was still able to get uh, a part of the uh, tax credit on that car as well. Second is uh, something to pass along to Tesla would be to have the air conditioner auto lower when someone makes a cell phone call. Uh, when I get in the car and it's hot and the AC is all the way up and I go to use the cell phone, people tell me they it's hard to hear because of the no- noise of the blower. Uh, even my daughter's GMC has a feature where it lowers the air conditioning to a one or two uh, if a phone call is placed. And the third thing is the timestamp on my dash cam is Pacific time, and I'm in the Eastern time zone, and I've emailed Tesla to see if I can fix that problem. Uh, thanks for the podcast. Bye now. Well, you leaped ahead by about two, maybe even three Model S generations there, Shelley. So congratulations. And I like that idea about turning the fan speed down on the AC if a phone call is made through the car's hands-free system. That's that's a potential software update situation right there. Hopefully somebody from Tesla hears this. Thanks so much for calling in. Let's go now across the country. Southern Oregon, Jay. Uh, is very interested in the Model Y. What can I help you with, Jay? Hello, Ryan. This is Jace from Southern Oregon. I've been a mild Tesla fan for a few years now, you know, waving my flag from the nosebleeds, but uh, I fell down the slippery slope into a borderline unhealthy fandom since the announcement of the Model Y. Last week's podcast was the first of yours I've listened to, and I thought I'd give you a call after some news drop this week. As you've likely covered this episode, the Model S, 3, and X got new pricing and have become cheaper. However, the Model Y has kept its pricing for pre-orders so far. Also, self-driving is uh, increasing in cost in August. I wasn't following Tesla news closely when the Model 3 was still only available for pre-order. So, my question, are the prices at the time of pre-order locked? By that I mean, on the offset chance, full self-driving is solved before 2021 and they end up charging $50,000 for it. Will my measly $5,000 upcharge for it uh, be now grandfathered when I discuss financing with Tesla 18 months from now? Were there any rugs pulled out from under people's feet when the Model 3s started delivering? Thanks. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Well, the big difference between Y reservations and 3 reservations is that Y reservations aren't really reservations at all. They're orders. With the Model 3, we put down $1,000 reservations 
but no pricing or option package specifications were announced until the car was getting set to release. So, so Tesla could tweak anything they wanted to up until launch because they hadn't put any prices out there and hadn't taken any orders. Of course, I guess I say that they had put one price out there, the $35,000 base Model 3 that they did eventually build. Now, for the why, I have to caveat this by saying I cannot state this with 100% certainty since I don't work for Tesla. But as the why orders are orders, your prices will not, sh- I should say, should not go up from when you order. So if you've got an order in for a why right now, your prices shouldn't go up on full self-driving or anything else. They would almost certainly only be able to go down. Now that actually did happen to me. When I first placed my order for my Performance Model 3, it was $6,000 more expensive than what I actually paid by the time delivery day rolled around. So yes, it does seem like it pays to have your Model Y order in now if that is indeed the vehicle that you're interested in. Couple more, let's see, three more calls for you here. Let's go to Mexico City and Armando. Uh, wants to talk about Tesla's international expansion. Go ahead, Armando. Hey, Ryan, good day. This is Armando from Mexico City, big fan of the podcast. Um, I wanted to comment on uh, some of the obstacles that I see for uh, Tesla's international expansion. Uh, I'm going to talk about Mexico. Uh, and, and at least for, 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 for my country, the, the, the main obstacle that I see is that we end up paying a lot more for Model 3. Uh, I reserved mine, the Standard Range Plus, uh, no additionals, just a standard color, three weeks ago. And, um, and I'll end up paying close to $50,000, so $49,600. So that would get me a long-range one in the States, uh, as I understand. Uh, and the other thing is times. Uh, the Tesla folks says that the process takes at least three months, so that's quite uh, a wait. Uh, and as for referrals, uh, I understand that we only get $100 worth of repairs. Uh, I don't mean to complain, rather to share some of the challenges that I see for international markets. Because in the end, Tesla has to look beyond the, the states in China, which, which uh, are deservedly the, the main focus. Um, so just some food for thought for you and your listeners. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much for your perspective here, Armando. And I think you might be the first caller that I've ever had on this podcast from Mexico. It's awesome. You're absolutely right about the various challenges for Tesla as they continue to go global. It's a real shame about the prices of the cars there because that is, you know, at the end of the day, the the number one factor for people is how much does the car cost? You've heard Elon talk about that on the, the last couple of conference calls. In fact, I had another caller from Brazil recently, and I haven't been able to play that call yet. I'm still sitting on it because I needed to email Tesla to try and get an official answer about what's going on with Tesla in Brazil, and I haven't heard back yet. So, uh, but I mean, the the bottom line is that Tesla has no official presence in Brazil yet either, despite the fact that there are Model 3 reservation holders there. So yeah, it's unfortunate that I don't think there's much that can be done by you or by me. It's on Tesla to have the bandwidth to be able to focus on a new territory, but in the meantime, I hope you get your Model 3 soon, and thank you so much for calling in. Two more calls here 
before uh, we move on, Aaron from El Cerrito, California, comments on his experience with the lane departure avoidance system in response to a caller from a couple of shows back. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron, uh, a new listener, responding to one of your listeners' comments in episode 207 about motorcycle lane avoidance and lane splitting and how it reacts with autopilot. My experience has been that uh, when autopilot is on and I'm going down the road in California, uh, it actually does not react to motorcycles lane splitting. Uh, And this actually causes some issues as in the past when I've done this, some motorcyclists actually flip me off because I actually don't move out of the way. So now I actually disengage autopilot when I see motorcyclists coming. On the topic of Teslas on the road in California, now that there are thousands of Model 3s, I've been waving to lots more owners and even giving a honk sometimes. Um, Have you or your listeners ever thought about some quick way to communicate between Tesla cars, maybe like a tap on the screen or even a text message or even something like a chat wheel in games? Would love to know more from you and the listeners here on the Tesla podcast. Thanks so much, Ryan, and have a great day. Welcome to the show, Aaron. You know, your feedback is really interesting here. I've read other accounts from people on the Tesla Motors Club forums and the like that some motorcyclists seem to appreciate autopilot because they can predict where the car is going to be. The car is predictable, and that's a good thing if you're on a motorcycle and trying to get through traffic. Now, it's unfortunate that your experience seems to be basically the opposite of that. Uh, This seems like a good question for Elon. Will autopilot one day nudge over a little bit when it detects a motorcycle that's lane splitting? That might be one uh, to to add to the Twitter queue of things to try and ask Elon on Twitter at the next opportune time. As to your second question about greeting other Tesla owners on the road, I too, I wave as often as I can. Other callers in the past have suggested like a, a button press or something on the screen that would trigger like a unique display of the headlights as, as a way to non-verbally say hello. Uh, I'd love to see something like that or or what you suggest be implemented. If it does, you know, after all, it, with the things you're talking about, it, it, it fits exactly into Elon's stated desire to have the cars be as fun as possible. Thank you, Aaron. And our final call this week, last, certainly not least, on this same subject of uh, motorcycle riding and uh, lane splitting with regard to autopilot, Carrie from Chino Hills, California. Carrie, you've got the last word on this week's Ride the Lightning Hotline. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Carrie from Chino Hills, California, and I'd like to comment on the uh, situation of motorcycle lane splitting and the need for the Tesla autopilot to detect that or move over, I'll just uh, let the non-motorcycle riders uh, know my opinion, and that is that um, as motorcycle riders, we are not relying on you moving over. If we see a lane that we can split, um, we're going to split it. Most of the time, we don't need the person to move over. I still see it every day. People will move over thinking we need more room. it's just pretty rare that we need more room. Once in a while, we will get stuck, and someone will need to move over, but generally those people are already not moving, which means our lane splitting at that point was probably a bad idea, or we'll just simply wait behind that car until we're able to split again and rejoin traffic. As far as the Tesla doing it, I really doubt 
that it would be able to do it because generally, like I said, uh, you're going to be stopped by the time uh, the car realizes that there's a motorcycle needing to split. Even if the car was moving, I doubt it's necessary for the Tesla to, to move over because uh, two adjacent cars in a lane are usually plenty of space for a motorcycle to split. Hope that helps. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Kerry, that does help. Thank you so much for that perspective as a motorcycle rider. I really do appreciate it. Like I said, I, I'm, I've, I never learned how to ride motorcycles. I always kind of regretted that. I always feel like that's a skill I should have just in case I ever need it or in case I ever want it. But in any case, yeah, I really appreciate the perspective there. Thanks to you and also Aaron for calling in on the motorcycle topic. And thanks to everybody who calls in on the Ride the Lightning hotline, you know, taking time out of your day to think of a question or, you know, discussion topic and to actually formulate it, take the time to, you know, record it, call it in, whatever you're doing. I really appreciate it. So again, if you would like to participate in this podcast, as I really do welcome and invite you to do so, it's two easy ways. Again, uh, use your smartphone and the built-in voice memo software uh, send it in to the email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com, or call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, that toll-free number. Again, 1-888-989-8752. And I'll be right back with your uh, pro tip of the week, of course, and some final thoughts for you right after this. Long-time listeners know that I named my Tesla the Spirit of Adventure after Up, one of my—I mean, it is my favorite of the Pixar movies and one of my favorite movies, period. And I also thought it was just a, a very fitting name for uh, for my Tesla as something I'd waited for. I talked, you know, like I talked about at the top of the show, just waited for it for so long, and it's 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 uh, taken me to fun new places and and given me reasons to go out and and adventure. Uh, so. You know, this is the part of the show where I like to tell you what I've been up to with my car over the past week, and uh, th this time it's about what I'm up to tomorrow, because I have to tell you something that just hit me right in the feels. So uh, tomorrow, so I'm recording uh, late here at night as usual. Tomorrow's my our last day here before we leave for our family trip. My wife is out of town on business until tomorrow, so it's just my daughter and I. And so I asked her on the way uh, on the way out today... I said, you know, what What do you want to do tomorrow uh, before we leave? And she said, I want to ride in the car. So it's like, and I said, well, where do you want to go? She's like, eh, somewhere fun, like a maybe like a park. A new. I was like, yeah, that's that's my kid. That's yeah, oh, that's exactly that's like the perfect answer. Like this is maybe she's gonna take after me in the car department after all. Uh, and have an affinity for cars, but you know she still she loves she loves the launches. You know, so whenever we get a chance to do that safely, she loves it. And oh man, that just that made me feel so good to hear her say that she just wants to go for a drive tomorrow. So that is the plan uh, as I get get packed up and and ready to head out on our trip. But anyway, your pro tip of the week. It is time for that before I I drop the rest of them on you next week. And by the way, since next week's show, while I'm on vacation, has 17 pro tips on it, all the ones that I've been sitting on and have build, been building up for months, I'm now in need of more pro tips. 
So if you've, you know, again, if you've got something, a little thing about your car that that uh, maybe isn't obvious that you've discovered or heard about that, that you might want to share with others, you can call in with it the same way that you call in with the Ride the Lightning hotline. But this one is from Pete in Carmel, and it is a car washing tip. So Pete, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Pete from Carmel. I was just listening to your uh, podcast from last week, and at the end you were talking about washing your car and complaining that you had some water that was leaking persistently for a day or two. Um, I have an S that has the same problems around the door handles, the windows, especially the back window and the trunk lid and back where the license plate is. Um, What I've done is wash the car and then use a leaf blower and that works super well because you can blow out all that water through these channels and it comes out bone dry. So just a quick little tip I thought you might enjoy. Thanks again for the podcast. Thanks, Pete. That is a good tip. And in fact, I actually do use a leaf blower because Immaculate Reflections recommended that to me when Jeff there sent me home with my finished car last year, and I've been using it ever since. In fact, I think I probably spend more time leaf blowing it dry than I do washing it. Unfortunately, the the leaf blower can't seem to blast out the water that's down in the window channels, at least least on my car. I don't know if it's all Model 3s are like that, but uh, you're right. It is awesome for blowing the water out of little nooks and crannies, like the the door handles is a great spot, uh, the taillights, the headlights, the license plate frame. So, Pete, thank you for calling in, as always. I really appreciate it. Before I go... I want to uh, just mention a few things. First and foremost, the Patreon. If, uh, if, you, if you think I've earned your support uh, in, the, in the monetary sense, again, it's totally optional, but if I have earned that, because again, I've said this before, I do believe it needs to be earned, but I'm here each and every week for you. Uh, if you're interested in supporting me, you can do so on Patreon. All the information about that is on my Patreon page, which is located at patreon.com slash teslapodcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And there's a, a bunch of various levels of perks there uh, that, that uh, you get, you know, in, you get the higher you go, the, the more of those perks. They all stack. You get them all. So uh, please take a look at that if you feel so inclined. Elsewhere, there is the aforementioned Immaculate Reflections, still running that discount for listeners of this podcast, $100 off any ceramic coating or paint protection film package. However, if you do the full body paint protection film, do the whole car, it's $250 off. So uh, you can take a look at Jeff's work on yelp.com slash Immaculate Reflections or instagram.com slash immaculate underscore reflections. You can get in touch with Jeff at the website, which is irdetailing.com. And if you're uh, hearing Daisy the Boxer Puppy drink water behind me, I apologize. She has decided to wake up here (laughs) at the end of the show. Meanwhile, abstractocean.com has got all kinds of Tesla goodies for you and mostly for your car. Some stuff for you, like lanyards. But uh, cool stuff for the car. Their most popular, I'm told, are the the uh, wrapping kits for that center console. You know, the the scratch prone, fingerprint prone 
center console. There's the white kit. If you've got a white interior and you'd like to uh, go a little extra mile on the white, there's a, there's a white uh, wrap there. There's diff various textures and patterns, so you can check that out. Uh, lighting kits are a big one, like those uh, replacing the puddle lights in the bottom of the doors with Model 3, Model S, Model X, or Tesla T logos that'll shine down underneath your open door at night, like the bat signal uh, shining into the sky. So take a look at, at everything they've got over there at abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get 15% off of your first order. Um, sadly, no discount for the Jada wireless charging pad or the new Jada USB hub, but uh, another little way you can support the podcast is if you are buying one of those, one or both of those products anyway, uh, please do so using my referral link, which is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. Jada spelled J-E-D-A. And if you ever need that link, it's always in the show description every week. So if you're listening on, you know, whatever iTunes, whatever podcast service, it's in the, the show notes every week, along with the Ride the Lightning hotline number and the email address and, and the Patreon link and all that stuff. But um, yeah, so that is that. Uh, let's see. If you need a thousand miles of free supercharging with your new Tesla purchase, hopefully you can find anyone else's code to use, uh, a friend, a family member, a coworker. But if I am your main Tesla person in your life right now, and you just need to make sure that you get those thousand free supercharging miles, you can use my code by typing in ts.la slash Ryan73014 into any web browser that will take you to the Tesla design studio where you can choose which model Tesla you'd like and then configure it, lock it in, order it, and it will be that order will be locked in with your 1,000 free supercharging miles. As I mentioned earlier in the show, you can email me anytime at teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and or Instagram at the same handle at DMC underscore Ryan. And I think, oh yeah, just uh, if you're not already subscribing to the podcast, which again is totally free, it just means the podcast comes to you rather than you having to go find it every week. Subscribe on any of your favorite podcast services, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, and then on, I'm on YouTube as well. Uh, actually, just was very happy to see I just crossed 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, which I never in a million years would have guessed because there's no video on there. It, but I guess enough people like to get there. Again, like I mentioned, I think last week, like to listen to their podcast uh, just while they're already on YouTube. So yeah, you can find me on there video free, but the, the show is there if you'd like to listen to it there. And finally, I think that's everybody. Yes, that's everything. So the Patreon producers just want to say thanks before I go to the very extra kind folks supporting me at the producer tier, which gets them early access every week. The monthly Patreon bonus episode that I mentioned is up now for August. And 
uh, they get their name shouted out every week. So DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David the Keel, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salaz, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dorian Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Josh, Jeremy, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, and David Perella. Thanks to all of you for your continued support. And that brings me to the end here of episode 209. So one more time, I do hope you enjoy what I've prepared for you for next week's show while I'm gone. It's a good like hour and 20. It's about probably as long as this episode is. So uh, yeah, the the fun chat with, with Mike Falcone, who uh, sold Roadsters at the original Tesla location back in the day, uh, as well as emptying the the cash <laughs> of uh, of those pro tips. So look for that next week, or again, if you're on Patreon with me at the early access tier, you can actually get it right now. So enjoy that, and I'll be back, quote-unquote, live with you the week after for episode 211. Happy electric motoring, my friends. And I'll see you soon. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.